Welcome to the Changemaker Connect podcast. My name is Ruth and I run an organisation called In Place of War. We believe that creativity conquers conflict. In this series of podcasts, I'll be speaking to some of the most inspiring people we've partnered with across the globe, so you can hear their incredible stories. Pedro Inaue is a Brazilian-born, self-taught graphic designer and artist. He's Adbusters magazine creative director and was part of the team that created the 2011 Occupy Wall Street meme and poster that helped spark the worldwide movement hashtag Occupy. In 2019, he was the Latin Grammy nominee for a music video direction for Brazilian rap artist Criolo. Welcome, Pedro. Thank you, Ruth. Thank you so much. Really, really nice to be here. So, Pedro, we find ourselves in the middle of a very, very unique uh, global situation. How is the pandemic uh, for you there in Brazil? Wow, uh, that's a, a, a very long question <laughs> that requires kind of like a long answer, but I'll try to to be very blunt about it. You know, it's uh, I, I read it somewhere that the pandemic had a uh, fantastic uh, uh, a moment that you can compare the, all the different countries because it, it happens exactly the same way in all the countries. So you can kind of like compare. So in that sense, you can kind of like uh, say so much about, uh, for example, uh, countries that had despots like Bolsonaro here in Brazil and Trump in the US, like how they handled the pandemics and the number of deaths, you know, like the US reaching pretty much half a million people. And in Brazil, we are like in the 240,000s. And, and you have like New Zealand, you know, with a, with a woman progressive leader kind of like really going in and going fast and really sort of taking care of the population, you know. So I think that right now the pandemic in, in Brazil is completely out of control. We have no government, we have no vaccines. We have no syringes, so you, you can have an idea exactly, you know, like uh, we have no deal with it, no like big labs to kind of like get the vaccines. And that's kind of like uh, already after one year of, of lockdowns and we didn't actually have a lockdown here, but we didn't have a plan. So basically things were just rolling. Imagine a train falling off a cliff with no one driving, you know, this is the kind of like feeling that we constantly have, you know, so. It's been really difficult, both in the mental aspect and in the emotional aspect, to wake up every day and go and live in and go on kind of like doing the work, knowing that you're like you're on the board of this train falling off a cliff. You know, it's like I don't know if I have a better metaphor to kind of like say about this. That about is a this, good metaphor. Know? I think I think you know certainly where I am in the UK. I think there's been a lot of moments where we felt like that, and I think what you said is really interesting for me. I think the world's most right wing leaders have managed to kind of really, really mess up this situation on a on a kind of catastrophic level. So it's been a it's been a kind of, I guess, an interesting time, but a real testing time as well. Um, but Pedro, I want to I wanted to ask you really to rewind because I want to find out really what drives you to do what you do, which is really amazing work and really radical work. And I wanted to ask you, um, first of all, just to tell me about your upbringing in Brazil. Tell me about kind of where you grew up, your childhood. Definitely, definitely, yes. Uh, so uh, um, I kind of, um, um, I grew up like during the 80s and 90s. And I think that uh, um, it, this was the, the moment, like the worldwide moment where neoliberal sorts of uh, ideas uh, uh, were pushing through. You had deregulation happening and, and, and economic wise, capitalism was the only game in town. You know, I kind of like grew up in the age of excess. You know, I wanted to, to have a, 
uh, Nike shoes, you know, I wanted to go to like shopping malls and kind of like hang around with them. It was all about the clothing. It was all about, you know, there was the moment when Hollywood blockbusters started showing up, when franchises started showing up. So it was the beginning of what we call pop culture, consumer uh, corporate culture, right? And that, that culture, in a sense, kind of like promised so much in that sense, you know, it, it promised that anything was possible, I, I, that anyone could actually win in life, you know, but deep down, deep down, it was actually telling me you are alone, you are competing against everything and everybody. And, and, and this culture kept telling me that uh, the bigger something is, the better, the shinier, the better, the loudest, the better, you know, it told me the junk food was good for me, it told me the plastic was good, that we shouldn't worry about the amount of sugar that things had, you know, so... So and 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 he kind of kept saying that this was democracy for me, you know. And 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 as you kind of like grew up, so when we reached the nineties, these we start having kind of like a, I I start to realize that it was all just a lie, you know. Uh, uh, that that we are polluting the planet, you know. We you know like putting more carbon into the atmosphere, you know. We had these wrong ideas: what was right, what was wrong, what was beautiful, what was ugly, you know. And, and uh, um, uh, I slowly started sort of waking up to the fact that uh, the system that we had in place wasn't sustainable at all, that we had to actually do something, you know, and obviously understanding how um, different narratives that plays outside Brazil and inside Brazil were completely different. And how do we kind of like deal with it? Brazil is a very poor country. Ruth, you know, it's like we're very rich in resources and in culture, but it's, it's, it's a very poor country. So growing up uh, um, uh, uh, in Brazil kind of like had me a sense of how can I, I do something to sort of like uh, help uh, change in the sense, the course of where we're actually going. Uh, 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 but at the same time, it, had, it, was a, it was an internal fight as well, because I grew up with all these ideas of being from a poor country, you know, like this, this, uh, how can I say, like uh, being from a colony, you know, we always look up to Europe and we always look up to the US, you know, and kind of thought, you know, wow, it's, it's uh, uh, um, I'm not worth it. You know, it's like, I don't have, you know, like I don't come from a rich country. I don't have all these products. I don't have all these, these, this, this. So it was kind of like uh, the, the, we call it like uh, uh, the underdog complex. You know, it's like the straight dog complex. You know, it's like the poor cousin. I don't know. It's, it's we have a lot of words for that, but it, that defines a lot like the Brazilian sort of like a, a mentality that we we always used to have. Obviously, this changes from the nineties into thousands and so forth. But this is this is kind of like a. Uh, uh, I come from like a family where my dad uh, divorced my mom very early on the age. He was a single mom taking care of four kids, you know, and we kind of like, uh, my dad was around, but he wasn't much as around. So basically, you know, like I kind of grew up in a very sort of like a fragile psychological place where I wanted people to love me and accept me for who I was. And together with this, all of these this the, the systematic you know like the more money you have the better you are positioning the whole privilege thing for me was it was very difficult to deal with and plus it was a, a lot of violent as well because i mean brazil is a violent country you know so basically you know i had friends of mine who were murdered you know like during my teen years because you know he was in the wrong place at the wrong time you know so it's kind of like something that you learn to grow up with your fists kind of ready to fight and run you know, uh, 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 it was tough, you know, it was tough, but I guess it was, now I kind of can look at it with different lenses, trying to look like going going to different places, you know, I guess, you know. But I guess it's that, it's really interesting, because I guess it's that thing about 
you know, your reality, which is, you know, Brazil is, as you said, a poor country, it's very, very unequal. So there is huge amounts of wealth in Brazil. And then there are huge amounts of kind of, you know, whole whole communities that live basically on top of each other, where you've got one, one street that is incredibly wealthy, one street that is incredibly poor. And then you have like armed forces that guard the kind of wealthy places. And I think it's that that huge inequality, the, the reality of that, while at the same time being sold, you can do anything, you can have anything, you can achieve all of these things, the capitalist dream. And I guess in the middle of all of that, you've kind of gone, hang on a minute, this, this isn't right, this isn't working. And I guess the question, the next question for me is, did you feel like you were on your own with that mentality, with that way of thinking, or were there other people around you that kind of were like, yeah, no, this isn't, this isn't right, we're being sold a lie here? Yes, I think it's it's a. Uh, um, um, I, I lived in London for seven years, and it was it was funny when I got there. They used to call like a. Um, um, uh, it had this 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 uh, name that they would say the minorities, right? And it, for me, it was really funny because the minorities are actually the majority when you actually put in the word terms, it's like outside the walls of. Of, of, of countries, you know, these people are actually the majority of people. And, and in Brazil is the only, one of the only places, obviously, uh, there's, there's a lot of like social inequity problems in, in different countries, but Brazil, you could actually put on the same frame, the guy who owns a Ferrari and the kid on the street that doesn't have nothing to eat, you know? So that's on the same frame. This is the reality you see every day, you know? And it really hammers you down, you know? It's like, a, uh, 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 I had friends who lived outside for a long time and they would come and they would see kids on the street and be like, fuck, I'll never get used to that. And after two months, you are used to that because that's the current reality that just hammers you on and on and on. And I think that uh, in terms of what you're saying, that uh, um, <clears throat> I've always uh, um, designed uh, the, the, the kind of like a career I kind of chose. Uh, uh, what's the interesting thing for me about design is that it's always a collaboration. Designer is much more like a bridge. You, you need the outside world to relate yourself to. It's a relationship thing. You need other people to collaborate with, you know. And for me, uh, activism and design was always kind of like connected with the idea of the collective. You know, we need more people to kind of like find ourselves. And, and this kind of like empowers us to kind of create different things, you know. It's, it was a little bit of all the projects that I kind of started and everything it was always about creating a new name instead of my name. I was kind of embarrassed of just keep using my name and drawing attention to me. And I think that that's much more psychological treat that I have that is almost about, oh, how can we make this much more about um, the group and rather than the person, you know, it's, it's kind of like uh, pretty much like that. It's interesting for me because um... The first time that I came to Brazil and, I, you know, I've been to Brazil a lot, a lot of times and, you know, hanging out with a lot of people that are involved in collective movements in Brazil, Foro do Oeixo, Media Ninja, etc. And I think it was a guy um, called Felipe who said to me, in the UK, where, you, where, where I'm from, you, you kind of define things, you think about things in terms of yourself, you talk about I. I can achieve this, this is what I can do. And he said, in Brazil, we talk about we, what we can achieve together. And that was the moment that I really remember that was really significant to me because this idea of what can be achieved and then seeing that manifest itself in Brazil, seeing these collective movements on the street, seeing people being able to organize themselves in a way that doesn't happen here in the UK. For me, it was really, really inspiring. And I guess that's kind of what, I guess is a driver for the work that you do is about essentially creating messages through design that trigger 
movements. Would that be right to say? Uh, definitely, yeah. I think it's it's like Fora do Eixo and and Fee and uh, the, the really good friends in Media Ninja. I think that uh, it's it's definitely a very good example in the sense of of kind of like when you put together uh, uh, when you find the others and you collective and you, you create the collective it's much more powerful to deal with you know you have uh, 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 you're more strong you know you kind of like uh, uh, you stop talking about the individualities and you get lost within the collective which I think it's it's super super important for us to kind of like uh, push forward especially today where where you know like the, the social media frenzy is about uh, my post is about my opinions is about my comments is about my image you know and so forth you know so when you drop all that and you kind of like put yourself together in the collective you you can uh, uh, um, um, uh, put your efforts and your strengths behind a lot of different things and 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 much more sort of about the content that you're doing rather than the image that you're sort of creating you know and i think that uh, uh, in terms of, of of the activism you know i think that uh, in terms of design and the activism you know for me i think it, it has always been kind of like a research on how to um, um, how to touch people through, you know, the, the 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 design pieces and the creation that we sort of do. And when I when I say design, I'm not just thinking about memes. You know, I think that uh, a design used to be about uh, um, um, about products, and design is much more about the context today. You know, we have to sort of understand how the word works in a in a larger format. You know, we have to look in the backstage. You know, I mean, growing up in the 80s and the 90s, you had all this. You know, all Nike was 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 a was represented culture in a way that it was monolithic and it was great and it was cool and he hired the best directors to work and he and it sponsored the best athletes and stuff like this and today you understand the nike space you know like a chinese muslims to work in a in a in a sweatshop factory you know it's 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 jumping on the wagon with Black Lives Matter in a lot of different ways that doesn't actually believe that it's a company to make money and they, they spend more money on the image that they create than the actually workers' rights. So in that sense, we know that we have all this kind of like information. So in that sense, I believe that design is constantly having to sort of like, how can we use the tools available, the communications aspect to really sort of like uh, uh, um, um, uh, bring more people together, I would say, you know, so how to and, and inspire something together you know there's just this 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 really short story Ruth that for me I, I worked in London for seven years with a very uh, uh, Jonathan Barbrook is like one of my heroes in terms of design you know he always kind of like uh, he always inspired me a lot in terms of of who he wanted to work for he I remember him declining to work for Coca-Cola you know he's like telling them to almost fuck off and stuff and for me it was like wow oh my god look at someone here that doesn't like sell their soul to because of money and stuff you know he was always someone who really, really inspired me and when I came back to Brazil I went I went into to uh, uh I didn't know where to work I was completely lost so basically this uh, and in Brazil advertising is really really big and really strong and they have a lot of money so I, I started kind of doing freelances for for advertising industry and this this I was having this this a huge argument with this creative director about a sock commercial right it was like a sock commercial and i i wanted to do something the creative director was just saying another thing we had we, we were arguing arguing and then a friend of mine called me up and he's a he's an activist and we've been we did shit together and stuff and he said to me 
come over, let's have a, a pint, you know, let's, let's, let's uh, 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 talk about. And then I sat down with him and he told me this beautiful story that he was going up to the Amazon River. He was using, uh, he was recycling old batteries from trucks and making sort of like a refrigerators for the, the, the low, come, uh, low income communities that live by the river to, so they could stock vaccines for, for flus that they were sort of like a, unprepared for it you know and he told me all the story and how long it took for him to travel up these these small communities and stuff and then he finished off and he looked at me and said pedro and what about you man what are you doing and and i, and I had an epiphany at that moment i said fuck man i'm doing like this shitty sock commercial fuck socks i don't need that and in that moment i realized that i i, I i'm not going to make any decisions based on money in my life I'm, my, my, my bank account is going to be empty, but my heart is going to be full. You know, I do the work with people I believe in. And I think that this is something that more and more I see people who wants to actually do, you know, something that, that they feel, you know, like um, uh, 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 meaning in, in their lives. And look around, you know, the amount of battles going on that we need people's attention and we need people's creativity. It's so huge. That begs you the question, what do you want to do? You know, like when you, in 20 years time, do you want to look back and, and, and be glad because of the sock commercial you did, or do you want to be glad because you actually helped a social movement, you know, fight for inequity and, and justice and climate uh, 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 movement and so forth? You know, it's up. To, is it really up to us, you know? No, that's it completely. I mean, I think there's the thing about, you know, when you work in advertising, you sort of make a deal with the devil. And I think the, that realisation, that moment where you're like, no, I, I want to do something more and I want to do something meaningful and I don't care about money means that you are you have that meaning in your life. Um, so that's yeah, that's such a such a great story. Um, I'm going to take a pause here and we're going to I'm going to ask you to um, tell me what your the first track that you want us to play is. Uh, I would like you to play. Um, I think it's like I, uh, um, I think it's like the first protest song, as I know, uh, and I think it's uh, um, it's a 1939 song. It's from Billie Holiday. It's called "Strange Fruit," and I think there's just something about this track that um, I, I, I I read about it that uh, when Billie played this. Um, they, they had an act. I didn't know about that. They had an act. It was a performance. It was always the last track of the show. And um, they would, the waiters would stop serving. They would turn, they would turn all, all the lights off and for just one spotlight on Billie Holiday. She would perform the track. And as soon as she would finish, the light would go off and she would leave the stage. There was no, you know, uh, second song or whatever. It was an act, you know. So, so people at the end, it would, they were confronted with these ideas like, fuck, am I supposed to, to feel entertained by this? You know, it was, it was this, this shock of kind of, you know, like black bodies swinging on the sudden breeze. Like, whoa, you know, it's political. It really moves you. It's about culture. It's about politics. It's about the context of people we're living in. It is a protest, but it's always a song it, it moves you differently you know so so yeah Billy Holiday Street Group
blood on the leaves and blood at the root black bodies swinging in the southern breeze strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees So um, I'd like you to tell me a bit about kind of the some examples of your design work and perhaps what that might have uh, inspired or maybe some of the impact that that work has had. Uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think it's uh, uh, um, I've been I've been working a lot with uh, um, uh, I mean, for Adbuses for, 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 for the past 10 years, you know, and, 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 and Adbuses is it's it's like this this we, we call ourselves the journal for the mental environment and it's it's almost like questioning ourselves what is the state of our mental environment and you have to think that this came out in the 90s you know in the 90s no one was actually was talking about you know like mental health no one was actually discussing like the amount of information that we had and how much of that kind of like really helped shaped our anxieties and depressions and stress levels and so forth you know and today i'm, I'm pretty I'm, I'm happy that we're much more open to talk about these things you know because they do have have how can i say like um, a, a huge influence on us you know especially when when the culture that we kind of like grew up with i mean pick any fashion magazines today you know and they're always telling you you're not enough you're not enough you're not enough you know so what what is the the toll of of, of growing up in a in a society where you look around and, and, and everything, all the culture of the films, uh, a lot of the things are kind of like pushing you down and saying you're not enough, you know? So Adbusters kind of like really battle against this idea head on and kind of like took in, uh, the idea. It was for me, it was the meme before the meme because they would, uh, uh, you have to think that back in the nineties, you didn't really had like internet and social media or anything like that. So basically when they did a commercial, they did an ad or they did a magazine, it was a one way street. You had no idea or no possibility how to reply back, how to fight back in that sense, you know, and Adbusters kind of like created that, created its own magazine to really sort of talk back at the advertising, talk back at, at the corporations and governments and so forth, you know, so, and, 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 and deep down, I think was always about kind of like this aesthetic, 
battle you know it's like how can we shift the foundations of what we call society in in into the in in, in really kind of like create change you know so why is it that only coca-cola and like the big corporations who own a lot of money be able to sort of change things you know be able to put a massive billboard in front of your house you know like uh fucking you up your your mental health you know by saying that, that you are not enough you know and you can't you can't do the same and and gladly like today you have the internet and you can say whatever you want you can remix all these different things you know and so forth but uh, uh, I do think that there is something here that needs to be discussed uh, um, uh, uh, sorry Ruth you asked me things and I'm just jumping around the other things no, but I think right. it's super important yeah. for us to talk about that uh, communication has changed you know the game has changed completely without the tools that we have in our hands you know in terms of the social medias and how uh, the uh, uh twitter and 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 it's like how the far right has sort of like possessed a lot of the territories and new techniques it hacked a lot of the techniques that the the, the left had the progressive had and weaponized on it and put a lot of money into it into bots and into all the different things and and if you see the right is actually playing the the anti-systemic card you know it's like when trump got elected he a fist up you know and bolsonaro talks about you know being the the anti-candidate and they are anti-systemic and they are against the systems and, and so like this but it's we know it's all just a facade you know so in the sense it's almost like we're living in a reality as well that you can't prove truth you know you can't and and in that sense it's it's it's, it's all about framing those people who define the argument wins the arguments you know and this is tells us a lot about how a lot of the left has always been in a in a position of 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 reacting to their framework you know so it's it, it, it has been kind of like we, we we reply to their questions but always within their framework so it's always i'm always wondering like how can we attack more how can we use creativity in a sense to get out of this corner that we find ourselves in and really sort of change the 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 the, the, the stories that we're saying and 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 the ideas that we're saying so basically with Adbusters, we've been doing all this work. We've been trying to come up with like different stories and different memes. You know, we just came out with this idea that uh, we we ran it a long time ago. It was the it's we're calling for a worldwide general strike, and we don't have a date. We just put this summer. We did a poster that says worldwide general strike, and it has just this summer in it. You know, because it's almost like it's almost fun to just think. You know, it's like wow, maybe it's the whole summer. Maybe it's a day on the summer. Maybe we don't know yet. You know, and this idea of we're sort of like searching for things you know it's this is the, the for me is the beauty of actually working at busters you know we we try different things we're not really sure it's much more humane to you know like come up and show you know like your weaknesses and and how everything's kind of broken and you try to do things as you go along you move things and you change things you know it's this is i find it super sincere in terms of like uh, the, with the creativity that is this kind of like crazy thing that wakes you up at night jolting with this one idea that you think it might work and sometimes it does sometimes it doesn't you know but at the same time i'm working with that process i'm working a lot with the activists in brazil you know like collaborating you know like with with media ninja with 342 the movement that uh, with the artists that they have here is like celebrities getting together to sort of help a lot of the causes and i'm working a lot with afibi which is the in the, uh, the brazilian indigenous articulation movement in brazil and uh, um, um, doing all the work that i can to support them and to kind of like uh, 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 graphic work uh, strategic work you know so we, we, we keep trying to sort of really think how can we sort of like support this cause that is so so uh, important uh, in everyone's lives and at the same time you have to understand that brazil we're living in a regime right now 
Bolsonaro is, is cracking down in NGOs, he's cracking down in activists, you know, all the narratives, he's, he's arming the population, you know, it's like, it's, it's, it's not only the fuck up in, in terms of the pandemic that he did, but he's actually, you know, he's, he comes from a militia background, you know, so in that sense, it's, it's super, super dangerous to sort of like do the work that we're actually doing here. And especially, especially for the indigenous people. Every month there's a new murder, you know, that uh, from the leaderships there, apart from the fact that they're fighting the COVID on their own because the government here has denied supplying water for this, for the, for the indigenous population here, just so you, you can get a sense, you know. And these are, the, these are the, the people who have been fighting the fucking war for over 500 years, you know. They have, they, these, this is the front line of the climate battles. Ruth, and I can't. This is the saddest thing for me in the world is, is, you know, the kind of destruction of the indigenous communities in Brazil. It's, you know, it's just, it's interesting to me because they obviously pose such a threat to a capitalist system because obviously the capitalist system wants their land. And uh, it's, you know, I've been learning a lot about indigenous communities in Brazil recently and, and, and just seeing kind of maps of, you know, where there was, you know, like obviously forest and land, and that's been kind of taken away now. Indigenous people yes. are kind of being reduced, that, you know, all of this kind of backlash against indigenous people. And, you know, these are people who are protecting our, our planet and who hold, you know, the wisdom and knowledge to be able to do that. So for me, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's, it's horrific. It's absolutely horrific. Um, but Pedro, I'm going to ask us to take another pause on that note and um, ask you to tell me about track two that you'd like to play. Uh, okay, track two, it's uh, <clears throat> it's a song by a Brazilian band uh, uh, um, uh, called Secos e Molhados. It's from the 70s. It has this kind of vibe of uh, MPB and folk. It's called Sangue Latino, which means Latin blood. And uh, um, yeah, it has a kind of like, um, um, has a lot of Brazilianness into it, but at the same time, it has a lot of like a, 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 a deep dancing groove, you know, it's, it's kind of like, um, uh, it's one of my, my, my son's favorite song. Yes, Sangue Latino. Perfect, here we go. Lança, lança em espaço 
just really interested to know, um, kind of over the next, say, five to 10 years, thinking about Brazil specifically, what is the change or what are the changes that you'd like to see in Brazil? And how do you think you'll play a part in making those changes? Wow. This is... <laughs> Sorry, that's huge. <laughs> I said I was going to ask you a oh, big yeah. question at the end. It's huge. Sorry. No, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'll try to, to wrap it up like uh, uh, um, some thoughts I have on this. Maybe I might not answer your question, but I think it, it relates to it somehow. You know, I think that uh, uh, um, I'm really glad that somehow uh, a lot we, we're discussing a lot of the, our mental health issues and when understanding the psychological effects that we have as human beings with the, with the quarantines and, and the pandemic moments, you know, and with with the social media tracking our likes and tracking us, you know, and I think that we by actually doing this we're revisiting a lot of the myths that we live by, you know, and and by actually when we do this, I, you start to question yourselves in terms of not only the heroes, but the people who actually created these grand gestures and, and created history that is known to us, you know, and, and I mean, who are the statues and who are, who are the streets named after, you know, and so this is, we start questioning these things and we start to understand, okay, what, what kind of world that we sort of like grew up with? And, and by having that said, the first thing that comes to my mind is like, what is the unknown people? Where is the fuck ups, the, the dropouts, you know, the broken people, the honest people that were sort of like were not in the history books, you know, that maybe would we need to for us to sort of like, how can we sort of like put our attention to that? There's a, a Uruguayan writer called Eduardo Galeano, and he talks about that. He talks about how everyone has a history that we should sort of sit down and listen to. And that brings me to Subcomandante Marcos, the Mexican Zapatista leader who had this idea of anonymously, you know, it's like you get lost in the collective, you know, there's, there's no more individuals and so forth, you know. Uh, um, uh, 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 so having said all this, uh, Ruth, when I think of Brazil in the next five years, I really hope that we break away from this idea of what is a global north and global south with this idea of colonization and mind colonization that we had, you know, the Brazil is, 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 is a country with less culture or, you know, with, with, more poverty or lack of uh, um, uh, design and music. And I, I think, I really hope that we, we, we sort of like break away these barriers of hierarchy that some things are better than others, you know? It's in a sense, at the bottom line, we're all humans, you know? We all have something to, to prove. We all want to be perfect, but we're not, you know? It's, you, you still have this culture messing and hammering you saying you are not enough, but I guess like we, we should be telling ourselves that we are enough. We, we have what it takes, you know, there's a war raging inside our minds, you know, it's like there's a war raging in the front lines of the Amazon people. There are priorities, you know, the climate movement should understand that the battle now is at the, the, the front lines of the Amazon in the global south, you know, and the more we team up and, and mend these broken pieces and get together, you know, it's, 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 it's one of the ideas for me to push really, uh, um, uh, to push into that direction. You know, I, I think that uh, this is and, and help those people that are fighting not just for us, but our future. They're fighting against our way of lives that is destroying so much, not only us, but our future and so forth. You know, so. So, yeah, that would be kind of like an inspiration. Amazing. For me. Amazing. I think that's it. I think the things that I've got from this is that we are enough and together we are 
so much stronger than on our own. Yes. So I think that's, yes. That's, yes. Yeah, that's a really amazing insight. Okay, well, I'm going to end by asking you a few kind of quick questions um, that I'm just interested to get your, your thoughts on. So the first one is, can you tell me a person that is your role model and why they are your role model? Wow. I can't ha I can't tell you one person. Uh, uh, <laughs> it's always like uh, I always like uh, uh, I try to think of a few people, but usually uh, 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 like the people who I really really admire are the old people in my life, and that would be like uh, uh, um, uh, my therapist. He's like seventy something. Um, the editor of Edbusters, Kali Lance, it's definitely seventy something as well. Uh, William Gibson is a, uh, the writer is a very dear friend. He's seventy something, and 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 I would say like uh, in terms of activism, Ken Sadowiwa is for me a, a big big reference in terms of how he managed to change uh, uh, politics and bring culture into the activism that I, I really really admire. Perfect. And what do you do when you're not going out and changing the world? Ah, uh -huh. I am taking care of my kids. Uh, we I'm just like. Uh, chasing them in my backyard and 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 making up stories as we kind of go along and and doing video clips with comic drawings and stuff you know just doing doing stuff that is kind of like it it would be called useless but it's it's timeless you know it's just so it has so much meaning creating memories i would say yeah beautiful um three words that summarize you and your work ah uh, oh my god okay uh uh, I would exchange the three words for a phrase. I don't know if there's three words or anything like that, but there's something I always kind of like had a, had as a motto that I kind of like uh, uh, walked around. I, I would say that everything counts and nothing is enough. Perfect, amazing. Um, if you could say something to a person who represents everything you stand against, what would it be? I don't know. I think that... Uh, um, um, Politicians and the people who are sort of uh, um, 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 corporations and so forth, you know, they're really good at, at, at spinning things. You know, I remember like, you know, like people trying to nail people on, on, on the argument and sometimes failing to do so because with arguments and words and rationality, there's always a way to, to, to set up different frames. So I don't know, I would just probably throw a, a, a chocolate pie in their faces. If that counts. <laughs> That's amazing. That's a really good response. Um, okay. And um, is there a kind of, I guess you've already given a phrase, so maybe we're repeating ourselves here, but is there a, a kind of quote that you guide your life by, you live your life by? Maybe, maybe there's, there's, uh, uh, we have to, we have to learn how to let go. You know, I think let go is, it's, it's not an action, it's an exercise. It's something you have to practice every day. And letting go, it's like a, like a, a garden that you have to water every day and it takes ages to, to grow and, and, and it's, it's an exercise, you know? So I think it's, yeah, yeah, something like that. Amazing. And then the last, I guess the last main question here is, who is the most interesting change maker? So creative activist change maker that you know in the world right now? Oh, wow. There are so many people that I, I, can, I, I can definitely say. And I think it's kind of like a, a, um, 
I think, again, my response to this would be like all the unknown people that I work with, and I can't actually recall their names, you know, that they're, they're the ones who sort of helped happen. You know, it's kind of like, I think sometimes we, we, we get stuck with the idea of this one person and so forth. And, and I think that we, we should work more anonymously. We should work more in terms of, 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 of the themes, you know, and of the, the umbrellas uh, movements. You know, it's like that Peruvian uh, activist said, the climate movement is not a movement, it's a moment, you know, and we should take uh, 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 the opportunity of this moment to really sort of shift a lot of, and sharpen our, our eyes and sharpen our language and come up with, with new stories that, uh, that we're desperately in need. You know, capitalism, it is a myth. You know, we often forget that that the stories that politicians tells us is just stories, and we need to tell our own story. You know, so I, I would, I, 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 I know I didn't answer your question, but no, I think no, it's did. it's you more did. about the collectiveness, you know, and, and the anonymity, and not just focus on on the people. So I have, I would, I can reply to with a thousand other names and stuff. <laughs> you know, but I think it's, okay. I'll leave it to that. That's perfect. Well, Pedro. I, I wish we could speak for longer because it feels like we've only touched the surface of, of what we could discuss about kind of making change in the world. But I want to thank you so much for joining the podcast and, and ask you to finally uh, tell us what the third track we're going to be playing of yours is going to be. Yes, the third track, I think it would be um, um, another great hero of mine, someone I really, really admire as an artist and as a as a, as a personality, uh, 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 it's Tom Waits. And he did this song called Come On Up To The House. And it, and it particularly has a re really beautiful phrase that says, come down of the cross, we can use the wood. And, and, and for me, it's like, you know, like take it easy on yourself, you know, and, 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 and come together, you know, get together, find the others, you know, yeah. uh, help us out because it's, it, it's, it's, just, it's just a matter of time. For, for, for this battle to become like the major important thing of our lives, you know? Amazing, well, here we go. Well, the moon is broken and the sky is cracked. Come on to the house. The only things that you can see that you lack Come on up to the house Oh, your crying don't do no good Come on up to the house Come down off the cross We can use the wood You gotta come on up to the house
Thank you so much for listening and if you've enjoyed our podcast, please like and subscribe.